This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer. I'm getting pretty excited because we're getting really close to 100 and I don't know, for some reason, 100 seems like just a landmark podcast. So I want to thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, and for leaving the reviews and the stars, I guess, you know, some of them are reviews, some of them are stars, whatever they are. I appreciate you taking the time because I know it takes an intentional effort to make the time to subscribe to the show, to leave a review, to give it some stars. And I always, always appreciate it. It means so much to me. So I want to thank you very, very, very much for taking the time to do that and for listening in today. So I got to tell you that this whole quarantine lockdown, I mean, it's starting to loosen up around here, around where I live, around the world. But I really appreciate the extra time that I have had. And especially because that time happened while I was taking an amazing group of women through my 10-week coaching program. And that has just been a really great eye-opening experience. I've had more time to spend studying with my own teachers and mentors and more time for self-reflection, and I love it. It's just been a great experience, This that, that part of it. And so the beginning of this week was also a really contemplative one for me because May 19th was the anniversary date of my brother's death. And even though it's been 27 years since he left this world, and even though I think of him still daily... Every year as that date comes around, the emotions and the memories become amplified, as I'm sure many of you who have been through the loss of a loved one can appreciate. So as I was writing about, journaling about, you know, this anniversary date and and his death, and I, I wrote a social media post as a tribute to him, and as I'm writing that post, tears are just streaming down my face. And that happens from time to time when I think about him, when I write about him, But instead of telling myself to just knock it off, I really sat and thought about why the tears were just streaming down my face, why I felt so much emotion. Obviously, it's sad when you think about losing someone, and it will always be sad to think about that loss, and it will always make my heart happy to think about the fun that we had with and all the great memories that I have of him from when we were growing up and how much he meant to me. But the important thing about that experience is that I gave myself permission to feel sad. I did not feel the need to berate myself for being emotional or force myself to stop crying by telling myself to put on my big girl panties or something like that, which we do to ourselves all the time, right? I just allowed myself to experience the sadness that still exists around the loss of my brother. And that got me to thinking about you. I started thinking about all the guilt 
and all the self-shaming I hear from other survivors when it comes to experiencing any emotion other than being strong or being grateful or being positive. And I thought we should talk about that. For most of us, the emotions that we believe we're allowed to feel or to display publicly without shame were decided for us at a pretty young age. When we get hurt physically or emotionally as children and we react with tears, what do people tell us to do? Stop crying, right? Parents tolerate some tears, and I'm just as guilty of this as any, but When we as parents feel like an appropriate amount of crying time for the situation has passed, we shut it down. We say, okay, that's enough. Stop crying now. Or when we think our children are being too shy, okay, stop acting so shy or don't sit there looking sad or get up and go have some fun. But did your parents ever tell you stop being strong? Stop feeling proud of yourself? Stop looking so happy? Stop being so friendly. I mean, I I hope they didn't. (laughs) Usually those types of emotions and behaviors are not discouraged. When did we decide, though, that it wasn't okay to actually feel certain things? I mean, we learned that as kids, but our parents also learned that as kids, and their parents learned it as kids. I don't know where it started. Because we spend the rest of our adult lives struggling with shaming ourselves for feeling the way that we feel because we've been told not to feel that. It's crazy. How many times have you felt emotional about something, anything at all? And when the tears begin to flow, you immediately apologize to whoever's with you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for getting emotional. Why do that instead of saying, I'm feeling very emotional because... I'm scared. I'm hurt. I feel betrayed. I miss my loved one. I mean, fill in the blank. There's nothing wrong with experiencing your full range of emotions. And in fact, people spend a lot of money all the time to work with therapists who guide them into experiencing all of their emotions, all the ones they've been suppressing for most of their lives. Jonathan Adler, a psychologist at the Franklin Olin College of Engineering, was quoted in a 2013 article in Scientific American as saying, one of the primary reasons we have emotions in the first place is to help us evaluate our experiences. I really like that one. And in that same article, psychologist Shannon Sauer Zavala said, it is impossible to avoid negative emotions altogether because to live is to experience setbacks and conflicts and that could not be more true could it how many people do you know who have had to overcome adversity of some kind in their lives probably more you probably know more people who've had to do that than people who haven't whether it's a loss It's disease, it's cancer, it's financial issues, it's emotional health or a crappy childhood. Everyone has a story. Even people who you look at and think, oh, they've had it easy, you know, they're beautiful, they're wealthy, they're in such great shape, whatever. But they have their own story because we all suffer at our own levels, especially if we haven't trained our mind to think in healthy ways. And healthy ways, 
let's just remind ourselves, does not mean 24-7 sunshine and rainbows. And in fact, let me ask you this. Would you view me as healthy if I weren't saddened by the loss of a loved one? Or would that seem weird to you? Would it seem like an inappropriate reaction, right? Wait, somebody lost a loved one and they're not even sad? Even if I had a positive belief system around death and I truly believe and I was truly comfortable saying that I believe my loved one is happy, they're at peace, they're in a better place. I can still be sad because knowing someone else is okay is awesome and great and believing that is great. But the loss is still something and the loss still hurts. So the key here is to be aware of sadness. And so I'm using the word sadness because I'm trying really hard not to use the term negative emotions because that label in itself indicates you shouldn't feel that way, right? It's negative. You shouldn't do it. But I ask you, are sadness, anger, envy, fear, disgust, are they truly bad, negative? Or have you learned more about yourself and grown more in your life as a result of those emotions than anything else. If you were happy all the time, would you ever sit down to do some self-examination and say, you know, this happy all the time crap is just not working. I need to start shaking things up and making some changes. No, you would never do that because feeling good feels good. But when you're in pain, when you're fearful, when you're sad, and any of those other transformational emotions. And that, that's a phrase I like better. That's when you begin to examine your life, your decisions, and your capacity for good judgment. Those painful times are the ones you look back on and you can see how you grew through them. You can look at past employment experiences or past relationships and you can say, Wow, I was a different person then. And you'd be correct. You grew. But what positive experiences can you say that about? So if these transformational emotions have such a significant impact on your life, don't you think it would be a great idea to experience them fully instead of suppressing them? To investigate them and ask yourself, why are you feeling this way? so that you can create more awareness and then take steps to move yourself to a healthier state of being, of living. In fact, when you see someone who you think is in a very unhappy situation, maybe they're in a job that makes them miserable or a relationship that's literally sucking the life out of them, and still they're not trying to transform. They're not taking steps to get themselves out of pain. And we think of that as being unhealthy. I mean, that's what we tell people, right? We say, you are in an unhealthy relationship or you are in an unhealthy place with that job. So I think we confuse these transformational emotions as being the bad thing when it's actually the inability to face, understand, and work through those emotions to create change that is actually the unhealthy or negative thing. I think of these emotions as I would a smoke alarm in a house. Is the smoke alarm in your house a negative thing? No, 
It's an annoying warning that something is wrong and you need to take action. Even if that's just to change the battery so the damn thing will stop its incessant beeping. So how does this apply to you and your experience with breast cancer? And aren't you supposed to be thinking positive and having a great attitude? Well, of course, of course you are. But it has to be authentic. You have to be authentically positive. And if you feel transformational emotions bubbling up like fear and confusion, or even just a fogginess, like everything has changed for you and you're not sure what you want anymore, that's good. You probably think this is weird. How is that good? It's awesome. Stay there. Keep experiencing that. Write about it. Keep working through it one step at a time until each step becomes a little more clear. When you move through that emotional pain, you emerge with authentic happiness on the other side. But when you just keep telling yourself, you shouldn't feel sad, you shouldn't feel angry, you should just be grateful. You don't have any right to feel what you're feeling. And so you suppress your transformational emotions. You literally make yourself sick. And I mean that. In a study published in the Journal of Psychosomatic Research in 2013, which followed 729 people over a 12-year period to assess their level of emotional suppression and evaluate the impact it had on their health. And what they found in this study was those individuals who suppressed their emotions the most had a 35% increased risk of death from any cause, from all causes, and a 70% increase in their risk of dying from cancer. It was a difference from the people who were least likely to suppress their emotions to those who were most likely, or or who they were likely, they did in the study, suppress their emotions. The difference in lifespan was five and a half years of life expectancy because of their emotions and allowing their emotions to happen. Talk about making yourself sick. Five and a half years. So what can you do? Well, you have to let those transformative emotions bubble up. It's uncomfortable. It can be painful. But you got to let them bubble up. And still you can't let them control you. You let them come to the surface, but with awareness, meaning that you can say to yourself, this is just an emotion. It's uncomfortable. Right now it's uncomfortable, but it's coming up. And I'm going to allow myself to experience it with awareness, with curiosity, with inquisitiveness, rather than with blame or resistance. You can write what you feel. And I know I talk about this in the podcast all the time, but get a journal, get a pen. Writing what you feel and what you're thinking when you feel it is so important, even if you can't clearly identify it. For example, say you find yourself in tears, you're feeling anxious, and you're asking yourself, why am I crying? What is coming up right now? And maybe you can't name it, but you can say, I'm not clear on what's coming up. I feel alone. I feel scared. 
I feel lost. So the feeling is just a little bit of an elevated step. It's actually interesting that emotions are processed in one part of the brain and feelings in the other part. So the emotion is pretty much the reaction. It's just this reaction that's a warning sign. It's telling you something's going on. And then the feeling you can put more words to. But if you feel something come up and you say, oh, this is silly. I have nothing to be crying about. I don't even know why I'm crying. You just shut yourself down. Once you stop asking yourself questions to keep taking you to the next step, then you limit yourself. Even using a statement like, I don't know why I feel like this. That's a closed-ended statement. And there's just nowhere you can go with that. It's kind of like a shutdown, right? I don't know where I can go with this. I don't know why I feel like this. But instead, if you could say to yourself, I'm working on understanding why this is coming up. Or this isn't clear yet, but I'm going to let it keep coming up so that I can figure it out. Give yourself permission to be open to feeling all of it and considering all of it. You probably will feel some resistance coming up when you first start to try this, but that's okay because the resistance itself is a starting point. You can ask yourself, why are you resisting it? What am I feeling right now? Why am I resisting this? When you're trying to dig deep into your mindset and train your mind to serve you, it's all about asking yourself the right questions, staying curious and allowing the experience, giving yourself permission. And that question, the right question is not, why did this happen to me? It, it kind of feels right at first. And you might think that you're asking yourself that because you want to arrive at a solution or safeguard yourself to protect yourself from going through cancer again. But we all know that there is no such safeguard right? You could tell yourself all day long that you did all the right things. This wasn't supposed to happen. You were too young. There's no breast cancer in your family. I said all those things too. But the fact is that it did happen. You know, in the words of Byron Katie, the well-known author and spiritual teacher, she says, you know how you can tell that something was supposed to happen that way? Because it did. So can you make peace with what already happened to you? And now give yourself permission to experience the emotions that it's bringing up as a result. Experiencing them without judgment, without self-limiting thoughts, and definitely without beating yourself up. Brett Steenbarger in his article that was published in Forbes called turning negative emotions into positive motivation. He discussed the benefits and the power behind all of our emotions, not just the positive ones. And he said this so beautifully that I want to quote it here. All of us have a dark side. Cover it over and it merely becomes darker. Or we can recognize that the darkness is only possible in the absence of light. Who we are at our worst is simply the shadow of our best self. I love that. So I encourage you to experience your whole self so that you can become your best self. Keep digging into it. Keep asking yourself the right questions. Keep checking into the transformation that's happened to you as a result of what you've been through. 
that's a part of your healing process. And if you need more help or support with that, come and find the Breast Cancer Recovery Group on Facebook. We've got a couple hundreds, several hundred, I think at this point, survivors in that group, women in treatment, women out of treatment, who are there to have a positive, more fulfilling life going forward. Come and find that on Facebook, the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. It's a free group. Join us for more support and to ask those right questions and talk about what you're going through. We're so much stronger when we're together. And if you are interested in digging deeper into that and working with me, you can go to my website, thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com, and you can get on the wait list for Revivify, my 10-week coaching program. It's going to be coming up again in July for enrollment. And it is an awesome program. You, you would just absolutely love it. I'm super excited about it, and I'm happy to tell you that you can get on the wait list for it. And not only that, but I have a new surprise coming for you. It should be out the first week of June. So look forward to that announcement, which is a new program and a great freebie that you'll be able to get on the website. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen. And that way you never have to miss an episode and you never have to miss a surprise announcement about great stuff that's coming out for you. All right, so... I will talk to you again next week. And until then, be good to yourself and let yourself be your whole self. I'll talk to you soon. You've put your courage to the test. Laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before. Your heart is full and wanting more. Your future's at the door. Give it all you got, no hesitating, you've been waiting all your life, this is your moment.